Hi guys and welcome back to the ASU Sports Business Podcast. Um, this is our first of 2020, so Happy New Year. I hope everyone had a great Christmas and a great New Year. And um, yeah, looking forward to 2020. I know usually people set their goals and visions and whatnot for the start of the year. Um, so yeah, I hope you're doing that. If you're not, I would advise you to do so. It's good to you know plan the year in advance. But today... We have a nice treat, and one that's been in the works for a very, very long time. Um, so not only do we have one guest, but we have two. So our first guest, I'm sure everyone's familiar with, um, Emma Kenya DK, owner of Van Dyke Sports. We done a podcast previously, and Emika was talking about his experience with, Dan- with Van Dyke Sports and in the African digital space in general, and what he's doing. Which was great. It's one of our highest um, podcasts to date, to be fair. And I always thank Emeka for his time. But we also have a extremely knowledgeable man called Mario Leo from Germany. Uh, he does multiple things too, but he is um, he owns an agency called Resort Sports. They are more in the tech digital space um, in Europe and in Africa. But both of them work on projects and collaborate on various projects with in Africa and in the digital space. Um, so guys, welcome. Thanks for your time again. Thank you so much, Gabriel. Uh, it's, uh, it's good to be back on, on ASU and uh, Happy New Year to you and also to all your listeners. And, and uh, really, really excited about um, what the year holds for uh, not just the sports scene, but yeah. just generally uh, the digital and tech uh, space because there's there's so much happening. Um, yeah. It's so difficult to keep up with all of that. But that's, that's what makes it exciting. And indeed, um, really, really looking forward to what will be a game changing year. Yeah, that's true. It's Olympia, by the way, and an Olympic. Yeah, it year, is. So. Olympics, yeah. the Euros, got quite a few going on. <laughs> yeah. And um, for the, for for those who may not have heard of Mario before, Mario, do you just want to? Because we spoke previously, and you've got a vast array of clients in, in Europe, in Bundesliga. But you just want to explain to people just briefly about your background and what you do now? Yeah, very happy, so. And also, first of all, a happy new year to, to yourself, Gabriel, Thank to you. ASU and, and obviously all the listeners. Uh, may 2020 be full of joy and uh, plenty of luck and always at best health to everybody. So, yep. yeah, and thanks for having me on, on ASU podcast tonight. So it's, uh, it's a pleasure. Um, Results Sports, you mentioned it's an agency. Um, personally, I don't like the word or I dislike it actually. <laughs> we build result as a platform, okay. Um, and, and, and it's a platform where knowledge, uh, wisdom, um, experiences, case studies are, are, are shared. Um, and then obviously, it's like a, like a contact place for peers in the digital space. Uh, we've built a magazine, um, um, we've, we've creating events uh, for, yeah. for bringing the industry together. Um, and basically, Result Sports is is um, underlying those platform thoughts and, and approach is basically um, underlying services mm-hmm. um, for the needs of, of sports organizations. Yeah. And those services go from monitoring, um, creating insights, analytics, um, to consulting, change management, um, workflow efficiencies, 
you know, the digital transformation brings a vast new yeah. entry of, of various layers of, of, of digital solutions. Mm -hmm. And obviously, sometimes it needs an organizational transformation um, to really make use of everything. Yeah. Um, and besides that, obviously, the mentioned events, um, and obviously, we also lecture at universities because um, we, we're not old yet, but, but we're turning <laughs> older, and the younger generation they live on the mobile device and they yeah. live on technology. So, yeah. so we, we bring our uh, best practices, our experiences to universities mm -hmm. to prepare the younger sport management people for their careers to come. So yeah. um, it's, it's, as you can see, so an and, and agency is always commercially driven looking mm -hmm. for revenues. That's, yeah. that's where Result Sports is significantly different. Uh, we're doing things really just to elaborate um, and, and, and make sure that the digital adoption yeah. is, is smooth and successful. Mm, no, sounds great. Um, and just for our listeners, just so you're aware, obviously we are conducting this uh, via Skype. You know, the sports space is small, but it's global. <laughs> so if there's any, if you hear any, anything in the background, then yeah, just bear that in mind. But we're going to kick things off. So first part we're going to talk about is the, um, the digital media space in Africa. We'll discuss the opportunities of African football and then um, focus on the differences or comparisons between Africa and different continents. And then in the second part of this interview, we'll talk more about um, data and analytics in the media space. But to get straight into it, guys, um, in terms of the opportunities in African football, but before we talk about that, what currently is the or what is the status quo at the moment in the African space um, for digital digital media? I can I can probably start and Emeka can turn it down into the industry. Obviously, um, um, we've started our initiative from Africa for Africa yeah. to really. Um, foster and, and, and sort of, of bring bring the digital evolution into African sports. Yeah. Um, we felt that, that until sort of um, autumn 2017, early 2018, that the majority of sports organizations and football clubs in particular in Africa are just using social media platforms to distribute their own news. They were heavily related to on-the-pitch activities, yeah. like score updates, um, exchanges, substitutions, and everything, um, but but not really strategically minded. Yeah. Um, and and I think we've sort of in that past year, two thousand nineteen, we've seen obviously a significant impact of 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 um, of people realizing the potential. Um, and we've obviously result sports, as I mentioned earlier, we're doing a lot of monitoring and insights. Mm -hmm. When you see that, for example, in Nigeria, you have Victor Moses signing from Chelsea to Turkey, um, hundred thousands of Turkish followers joining his community within yeah. a matter of hours, um, because they know obviously Victor Moses is a, is a huge international star. And mm -hmm. They want to see how he sort of reflects his early days in Istanbul um, to the audience um, and how he sort of values the community yeah um obviously that was not really in the beginning or in 2018 and 19 not really a key area of, of african sports yeah um so i'm glad that mak and, and myself sort of teamed up uh, joined together and, and sort of brought the attention through various attempts so we have um we went to my soccer africa we had yeah. newsroom africa shows where where we sort of spread the news um, we, we very frequently released African sports updates to see where the African sports clubs um, 
stand amongst each other so they can benchmark yeah. and see their progress and see their status. Um, and, and obviously, um, from my point of view, obviously we've dictated uh, two key hashtags which which are which are part of that. So obviously, from Africa for Africa, yeah. because it's not that Result Sport sort of goes out there and sort of hunts business after business. No, it's about empowering the media officer who is usually uh, uh, yeah, fighting alone because it's a cost center in a sports organization or so is fighting alone or having young students around him to mm-hmm. support it to become strategically valued in the organization. Yeah. And the other one is obviously unlock the potential because the societies in Africa are very, very young. Um, everybody has a mobile device. Yeah. Um, it's actually the mobile carriers blocking the huge potential because of their data packages they they offer it obviously restricts the the vast big tsunami Um, the solution can be found on that through our initiative through everything obviously africa is is an an unbelievable incredible continent loving sports so much loving football so much Mm. loving stars loving its national anthem they're very patriotic very passionate very emotional and all those things obviously you can transfer um, and engage with on social media. Yeah. Um, and obviously, we've, we're in that first step where now I think we grasp the attention, clubs focusing on, on social media growth, mm-hmm. which is a, a big early step. Um, and for us, 2020 is, is really the key year where we want to break through big time. Yeah. Just, just on the back of that, um, how would you... What do you think needs to happen for that breakthrough to occur? Because you've mentioned in terms of um, teams are actually understanding more and improving their you know social media engaging with their fans but at the same time mentioning about the data carriers not allowing that that fast that vast growth in terms of the maybe the pricing that they are having for data packages so what do you think can happen because obviously these things don't sit well with each other in terms of the pricing and yeah. engagement of the fans, uh, what can happen? No, absolutely, uh, absolutely but uh, Gabriel the first thing obviously would need to happen is obviously that the sports clubs stop thinking that it's just a news distribution tool, that thinking like a journalist. Yeah. Because social media is all about engagement. Social yeah. media is building a community. Social media is building about is, is about values. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fans need to see values in the social media offering from the clubs. Yeah. So it needs to be a significant mind shift first on the club side that, that they see that social media yeah. is strategic. Yeah. And you can see a, a huge divide in Africa as well. Um, countries north of the Sahara, like Morocco, Tunisia, um, Algeria, Egypt, they have millions of followers because yeah. obviously they are so closely connected to the leagues in Europe and see what they are doing yeah, and have, have, have adopted a very, very similar style. Mm-hmm. It's really for sub-Sahara now unlocking that potential. Um, stop also being a little bit egoistic about things, mm-hmm. that they know things better. They, they need to look abroad and yeah. it's it's about the inspiration how others do it mm-hmm. and if you can't find them in your own backyard in your own region or in in the entire sub-sahara there obviously is somebody who's who's trying to lead them lead the path and that's yeah. what we and, and our activities is, mm-hmm. is aimed for you mentioned um you touched on briefly about the difference between maybe sub-saharan africa and northern african countries more so in your in your in your um, experience and opinion, both yourself and Emeka, what are the regional observations in Africa that may be north or sub-Sahara or even north, east, south, um, and west? If I'm, yes, sorry, I'm sorry. I just, 
Um, I, I think just uh, from, from my experience, well, what you find is that um, people still uh, are still kind of stuck in their in their ways. Um, a lot of the, the 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 clubs still feel like if they need to to, to put people in charge of uh, of digital strategy, yeah. um, the best place to go is to go in the newsroom and get a, a newspaper editor or mm-hmm. or get someone who's a journalist. And you know that's that's a very big misconception because um, the the entire experience is not just about um, writing stories or generating um, you know kind of news content or, or match the experiences in terms of what's what's going on. And that's why you find that uh, for the most part, when you try and engage with them, they they, 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 they give you this feeling like like they they're doing everything right because they they've got one high profile. Guy who is there, and then you, you look at the entire, um, uh, you know, how the, the workforce is either some interns or you know just just one or two young people that they put in there. They, they do not invest a lot in that in that space, and that's yeah. that's a very big problem because mm-hmm. um, this is not just with with regards to smaller clubs. Even the bigger clubs still treat it as just one uh, department which sits within the communications department, and yeah. you know. It seems like the guy who's at the head there doesn't want want to give up, and that's that's a very big big challenge for mm. Africa. So yeah, regarding the regional observations, are there certain areas? Mary, you mentioned Northern Africa, but are there other regions that are maybe more advanced, or in terms of their social media strategy or just social media planning and fan engagement via social and digital? I think I want to add up what what or add on what what Emeka was saying um, to sort of the journalistic side of things. Obviously, our observations in 2018, 19 has has constantly been that if a sub-Saharan club went went down, I mm-hmm. mean, excluding South Africa, which sort of which I will come to separately, but let's say Nigeria, Cameroon, Kenya, Ghana, Senegal, very football-loving countries. Um, they usually, when the team goes down and is in, at halftime, is two zero down. The the people stopped communicating on social media because they they were fearing a shitstorm from the fans. Yeah, they <laughs> just really stopped communicating. Yeah, um, and 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 because defeat means um, I don't communicate. So so social media is just like when we win, everything is fine. When we lose, we just don't do anything. Yeah, um, and that's and that's that's not social media. Mm. Um, social media is being providing a platform of engagement yeah, in good times and bad times. Social yeah. media is just like a marriage. Um, that's what I'm saying. The marriage is based on values. It's based mm. on trust. Um, and the fans and, and, the, and the community wants to have the best, the best effort on the pitch. They want to see, um, they want to sliding tackles. They want to see the passion. They want to see the player's dedication to win, to do everything. Yeah. And then still you can lose a game, but, but the fans cheer you because they saw that you have tried all the level best, but it wasn't your day. Yeah. Um, and I think that's that's sort of also um, in, in in many, many countries with what we observed. And I think that's a changing environment because mm. now people see um, through our communication, through media, through podcasts, see that it is significantly important, much more important to look at it on a strategic angle. Yeah. Um, because sponsors want to have visibility. They want to have an audience. Um um, TV contracts sort of have not been renewed and then suddenly social media is sort of the only angle and the only 
path to the audience yeah. uh, through live streaming, like we've seen in Kenya. Now we're seeing some some Facebook live broadcasts of games because they lost their super sport contract. Yeah. Um, so so we see that fragmentation going away. And I think South Africa is, uh, is different um, because obviously for the last two years, obviously the teams have been very much exposed. And obviously don't forget that in 2010, the World Cup sort of came to South Africa and, and 2010 was where Europe and social media had this huge, huge yeah. wave of, of social media in, in Europe. Um, so, so social media is, is a bit longer known in South Africa. Mm-hmm. Um, the access to the internet is, is much more easy yeah. um, in South Africa. So that's why I exclude South Africa uh, from the general view. And that's why we're coming on the technology side later. We, we focus on that a bit more, yeah. more in detail. Yeah. But obviously... Yeah, sorry. No, no, continue, just, just continue. To just, to, just to finish off, um, you see the PSL teams, when you look into the African continent, you see Al-Akhli and Samalek, two Egyptian teams yeah. leading the, the, the social community stack by far. Um, and then come um, Raja Club, and, and then comes already sort of the Kaiser Chiefs and Orlando Pirates. So it's, it is, it is um, they are in the chase. Um, and, and, and I think... Again, um, obviously, social media can be a revenue generator if you sell digital formats on a strategic side. Social media can be um, a ticketing sales platform if, you're t- if your stadium, if your venue is not full. Yeah. So social media has so many contributions to a sports club. And obviously, social media lives on emotions and passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, that's, what, that's why it's a marriage best made for, for, for both, both yeah. parties. Yeah. Um, and for those listening, um, recently both Mario and Emiko produced a report on the digital landscape of football clubs in Africa. Um, so I will include a link to that at the bottom of this podcast so you can go and see for yourselves the, the landscape digitally for football clubs and where Mario is getting these stats from. But I want to, you just mentioned something there that I want to allude to. You mentioned... Um, Ghana, if I'm correct, stream they stream no Kenya, sorry, streaming games Kenya. on Facebook. Yeah, because they lost their their deal with Supersport. Would do you reckon we will? This is talking about now maybe digital digital opportunities in African football. Do you feel that we will be seeing more of you know rights holders such as the clubs, even outside of football? Do you do you see maybe there will be streaming games on the Facebooks and the these social media outlets or digital disruptors as they that to uh, be referred to yeah no I, I completely see that that happening all over and you see obviously like like la liga the spanish giant league obviously they want to they want to get the foothold into the indian football market yeah, that's true. so so youtube has signed an agreement with la liga to stream all the second division uh, comp- uh, games mm-hmm. um, on youtube um, in in india um, and obviously, Facebook gets selected teams, uh, selected games on, on on Facebook Live. Yeah. So obviously, those big platforms they enter the the streaming world, they enter the competitive world, and obviously they've signed already contact deals like with Australian cricket, yeah. um, with with Indian cricket, um, with with Gaelic football to to uh, to stream it in in North America. So they they. they but but the social media platforms they don't invest billions because yeah. they see they wait until the landscape changing. Yeah. And you can see that linear TV is really struggling because many of the advertisers 
moving their funds to the digital world. Yeah. And obviously then the linear business model is, is, is disrupted, is, mm-hmm. is dying. Um, and then and then Amazon and Facebook and everybody is ready for their offering yeah. um, until that time comes. So we yeah. are in that parad- shift paradigm mm-hmm. um, where where the traditional models are dying. And, yeah. and that's why we, we really pushed for um, from Africa for Africa for our campaign because it's the right time for African sports to jump onto that boat because mm-hmm. we don't want African football to fall behind, to lag again years and years behind. Because we want African football to really understand that this is the time now for change, and this is a much, much huge opportunity ahead yeah. of them. So, what other um, digital opportunities do you reckon there is for African football? Well, I think you know generally uh, the one thing that Africans still haven't realized is is the potential for for uh, digital uh, platforms to offer them. Uh, you know, far more, I mean, Africans still have this traditional way where to get is still made manually. Mm-hmm. Um, people still still struggle with, um, you know, how, how do you engage with, fan engagement I think is, is one of the biggest problems they have because sometimes they, they're not, they're unable to, to um, better organize their, their relationship with their fans. And you still have the traditional uh, structures where Africans want to have physical supporters club, um, which, by the way, um, doesn't give them the, the large numbers that they have. So they have the supporters clubs that uh, still depend a great deal on either the clubs or the, even with the national teams having them to to either fund them or run them around. When whereas you know um, you can you can actually build a, a huge fan base if you um, apply yourself very well to digital platforms and and you, you know even in terms of ticketing and merchandising. If you look at East Africa where. Uh, mobile money has become such a huge um, success story with Mpesa and all of the other platforms. You even have um, a lot more of these um, digital payment platforms that have come up. So, you know, a fan doesn't need to get to the stadium to buy tickets. You can pre-sell tickets in advance. Um, you can, uh, you know, what they, they, they're also unable to mine data in terms of understanding who their fan base are, mm-hmm. who they are, what their, their needs are, and, and better engage with them. They, you know, that's that's something that is, is a precept that they just they just haven't haven't fully grasped. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why, you know, if you're here, even as big as clubs like like uh, Kaiser Chiefs and Pirates are, when they're not playing themselves here in South Africa, you don't get the full stadium. Except maybe they're playing Sundowns, um, and that's really really uh, not not something that that is um, encouraging. And it's not just here; it's everywhere around the continent. If if you go to Tanzania and it's not Yanga versus Simba, a Simba, a young African versus Simba in, in Tanzania, or it's not uh, Gomahia versus AFC Leopards, we kind of struggle to to fill the stadium because um, they are unable to to engage um, enough. And then you you find, as we've we've shown in in our, uh, our social media uh, uh, and digital uh, you know reports that. You know the the when you can't reach that that many fans, and the one thing that I always say is that you know they, they still do not realize that uh, the internet is the fastest and the biggest route to to reach all of the fans. And yeah. when you consider that you know we have a, a massive youth population with mobile phones, uh, the possibilities are endless when you when you do it right. Now, well summarized, Emeka. Um, and now part that I'm 
like very keen to hear about is um more on uh looking more objectively how does africa compare to other continents and also from your experience in the work that you do what's the opinion of um agencies or rights holders in europe or south america or other continents looking towards africa um you know just from from my experience just just generally um i mean we've 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 done these reports now for for you know maria and i we've done this reports for two years yeah um but some, something really remarkable happened uh, when we when we released the reports this time around mm-hmm. i think probably the timing because we released it on boxing day and then a few days after we we we, we put out a teaser which was just on the flags in, in yeah. boxing day and then subsequently we, we put out the the actual figures um, it went viral because you know the one thing that that's shown is that there's a lot of interest on uh, on on the continent in terms mm-hmm. of what happens because all of the big players, whether it's Amazon, it's it's Google, it's it's YouTube, and you only need to look at what has happened in the last uh, one year. All all of the biggest players have have all come in to 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 put a stake down to say, look, we we don't want to overlook Africa because they they kind of realize. Um, very easily, especially when they they go for the, the the World GSM conference, they know exactly how many mobile phones are in Africa. They know what yeah. the internet um, uh, usage is. They know what the youth population is. The millennials. They know how many of them are there. They know, you know, people are creating apps and doing a lot of things. So, mm-hmm. what what has never been well reported? Because what people don't realize is is that the biggest passion driver um, around the continent is. It's, it's football and music, and with with the music side of it, there has been uh, a lot of monetization based on on how many of the the, the music musical arts out of Africa, especially in Nigeria, uh, where a lot of the artists um, use social media so well. Yeah. It, I mean, the difference between between what the the, the, the musicians do in, in in Nigeria and the rest of Africa, and what the football and sports people do, is like night and day. Because they understand the reach, they, they, they put out videos on YouTube, and the videos garner you know tens of tens of millions of of, of views. So well, yeah. what has happened now is that the big players, I mean Jack Ma has been been to Africa, uh, Mark Zuckerberg has been to Nigeria, Kenya, and everywhere. Um, recently, Jack Dorsey was from Twitter was 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 in Africa. He's actually said he's moving to Africa for four months. Wow! And and what what that says is that. They, they realize that from a, from a tech point of view that, that, that there's a huge opportunity. And when you look at how big music is and all of the streaming platforms and how much money they are making, what they are finding now is that, you know, there's a massive market for for digital and sports and particularly yeah. football. Yeah, I mean, the observations are, are, are very, very clear. I mean, you, you see that you have in each, each continent, you have... have um, very big opportunities um, yeah. and very big big communities um, as well, because um, um, obviously from from we, apart from the African reports, yeah, we which is just a subset of of our of our bigger area. So mm-hmm. we've for the past four years we release uh, a product or a report called um, Digital uh, Global Global Digital Football Benchmark. Yeah, um, which basically is a benchmark with with more than one million followers. So we we capture all the clubs with more than one million followers um, around the world and and release them basically in one one report. Uh, that report is going to be released, I think, in about eight nine days around January fifteenth. Okay, 
um, and and the African teams, yeah, North Sahara, North North Sahara, uh, North Sahara, like Al Ahly, Samalek, um, Raja Club, they are sort of, or especially Al Ahly and, and and Samalek, they are in the top fifty, but only in the top fifty, yeah. So about thirty thirtieth in that that range. So that's yeah, the potential is much bigger mm-hmm. um, than than in the top fifty. When you look into the population size, then Nigeria's got a hundred and seventy million people living in. It's true. So if they if they if if Nigeria would follow if all Nigerians would follow Anyimba, then Anyimba would be fourth position in the world just by wow. the Nigerian following. But only fourth, yeah, because Barcelona and, and Real Madrid they have over two hundred and thirty million followers. Wow. Um, so they are huge global brands, um, and and they think they they immediately realize that social media is not about the country, it's not about um, the region where the club comes from. It's about the brand of football, the style of football, and it's a global shop window mm. where all the fans should be facilitate how the club is. Uh, and obviously, as we can see that obviously through um, many areas and obviously then you have Flamengo, yeah? Brazil, Brazilian teams are very strong. Uh, Boca Juniors, uh, River Plata, the Argentinian giants are very strong. Um, you see that Atlanta United, Los Angeles FC, mm-hmm. LA Galaxy are catching up from the MLS because yeah, football true. is getting relevant in North America. Yeah. Um, then obviously you have the Italian giants, um, um, Inter, AC Milan, and Juventus, Juventus yeah. um, in the top ten. Um, so the top twenty-five teams in in the global digital football benchmark, they they basically have, I think, fifteen European teams, um, five teams from from South America, um, and then Al Ahly as being the the African representative, yeah. and then and then it takes quite a long time until Samalek comes in in. I think 28th or 30th position, mm. and then Kaiser Chiefs and everything, they are around 50th um, globally. So um, we see that obviously the potential is, is much bigger yeah. uh, than what it is. So that's why we, we've created that, that special Africa report because it's the biggest opportunity. Mm-hmm. The European football clubs, they're already saturated. Yeah? They, they don't grow on specific platforms anymore because they, they reached a, pike, uh, a peak. Um, and African teams, they grow month after month. And if they would just look into the strategic side of things, yeah. they could grow much bigger month mm-hmm. per month. Mm-hmm. No, it makes sense. Um, yeah, there's just so much so much knowledge there and so much opportunity in Africa <clears throat> based on what you two have said. But we'll take a short break now, and then when we um, resume, we talk in more detail about the data and analytics side of things. So we see you shortly. Hi guys. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of African Sports Unified. And I hope you're enjoying the podcast. Please do let us know your thoughts. If you have any topics you would like us to discuss or people you want to join us on a podcast, then we'll be keen to know more. Connect with us on social media, AS Unified across all platforms or simply leave a comment. Hope you guys enjoy the rest of the show. Hi guys and welcome back. Um, so yeah, let's talk about uh, performance data and digital media analytics. So perform in terms of performance data, what kind of um, would you want to elaborate more on the on the, on the standards and the and the KPIs that people 
um, looking to, to judge, I don't know, a campaign or their growth? Yeah, no, very very happy to do so, Gabriel. I mean, the, the standards is or the, the terminologies that's one of the most critical areas because yeah. we see that that obviously um, classical providers like even Nielsen or so they come in with the classical terms mm-hmm. and they always have the eyeballs. Yeah, they have yeah. The, the the cost per mill classical advertisement uh, models um, and numbers and data. They're trying to push that into the digital world, and and but the digital connection is, is really different. Obviously, in digital, we have an impression. An impression is how many people could have seen it. It's not that they've seen it. They could have seen it because because the algorithms basically distributed it on several platforms. Yeah. Then we have a term called reach. And the reach is actually the people who have actually seen it and have actually witnessed or clicked on that piece of content. And then you have the engaged. And, and, and you have various types of engaged. Somebody who's just clicking a like, or clicking a heart on Instagram, or clicking clicking um, a thumbs up on Facebook, um, and then somebody who comments on it, and somebody who shares it. And obviously, a share has a much bigger impact than a like, because yeah. a share is basically, I share it to all my friends, and my friends think that, well, Mario shared it, so it must be important, or yeah, it must true. be really special. So it has a bigger value. And obviously, all those valuables uh, or variables they play into into one one set of standard and i think that's what most people need to understand is like what topics are we talking about um do we do that we agree on the certain paradigms or the the parameters which we want to discuss um that everything is the same and that's that's not only an africa specific topic that's something i follow on the global Mm -hmm. stage um, to also call up all the peers who are in monitoring, who are in, analy- in analytics, yeah. that they are basically talking the same terms because that's a key thing. Because otherwise, if you don't follow the same guidelines or same framework, then the platform's dominance will grow and grow and grow. Facebook will become more powerful. Amazon will become more powerful. But ultimately, the global politics, yeah, the regulators, they have to limit um, certain amount of, of platform behaviors because um, because a platform basically can dictate it. Yeah, if they want to, mm. if they if Amazon has one thousand shirts and they can't get rid of it, they put a discount on it until they until they sold it. Yeah, and they only and they only put those shirts out to the people who know they buy shirts because they send them emails and saying, hey, based on your shopping behavior, mm-hmm. you should like this and you should like that. And here I have a special offer for you. So, so basically, through neuromarketing, through brain science, they are already sort of changing our user behavior. Mm. And that's why it's so important um, for politics and regulators to not focus on tax issues and tax those countries. No, it's much more important to look into what data, what individual data is captured about the user because obviously the more data they they host the more the more they understand each individual and the more mm. they dictate the user behavior yeah. so it's about you have you have to have a second power pool against those huge platforms um, and that's obviously for me sort of a very very important item because i sit in between i'm a mediator between the platforms yeah. because i want and that, and that's another specific problem in africa because the fans see that the club media officers are not doing a fantastic job 
So they create a Facebook profile by themselves, by the fans. And often often those profiles are much more, they look much more professional Mm. than the club profiles. Um, and, and therefore, obviously, we have we have a quality issue on, on that. Um, and obviously, we want to help have the blue tick get verification for the yeah. majority majority of African sports, because that shows it's a quality improvement. And all the platforms are working on those quality measures because they want real clubs on it. They want real user on it. Yeah. Um, and that's that's very, very important because ultimately Facebook earns money through advertisement. Mm-hmm. Amazon earns money through the marketplace they create and obviously through the through the selling of activities. Yeah. Netflix earns money because of the content they provide uh, are used by the money. So but everything all also comes in through advertisement fees. So they need to know how the user is behaving on the digital world. But there should be a border when it goes, this is my personal data and the personal yeah. data should be owned by my, by each individual. No, that's a, that's a very good point you make there because <clears throat> data, as you've mentioned, data is extremely important to understand um, your audience. But at the same time, even outside of sports, if you look into the world of politics, as you mentioned, about the fine line between yeah, overstepping to get to know people's habits and keep them within those boundaries. So it is a fine line to play. But I guess on the continent, there is still definitely room for growth from that. So, so Mario, depending, well, in your opinion, what is the what would be like the main KPI, or what is the KPI that many brands who you work with, or clubs or rights holders, what do they go by? Is it shares, as you mentioned? Is it impressions, or does it depend on the campaign? <laughs> It's it it's 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 a mixture. Obviously, obviously, we 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 have a product called Club Media Report, um, uh, where where we basically capture all the postings and all all the um, all the messages distributed on the social platforms, and then we analyze basically how these uh, postings, how this content has performed mm. um, through the individual types. Obviously, video links photos status updates events link um, and and all these um, uh, um, these these activities and obviously each content type is very different um, and each platform behaves very different depending on the content type you have yeah um, so the the objective of that of that product is really to help to reach the audience better mm. uh, that the audience receives the content they like most they engage most and once they engage, obviously, we want to see how much shared. And we want to see if you look into, let's say, um, Nigeria perspective or, or South African perspective, we want to see if a, a Joburg user likes the same content than a Cape Town user. Yeah. Um, because you have those regional cultural differences. Um, and on a global scale, we already completed that study very thoroughly. And we know that an Indonesian user only likes the goal when the goal is scored and mm-hmm. the celebration afterwards. While somebody in Mexico who has a much bigger football DNA, he wants to see where was the ball intercepted, how was it passed forward, how did the cross came in, how did the goal was scored and how was the celebration. So yeah. typically a Mexican football fan wants a 30 second video or a 40 second video, while in Indonesia a 10 second video is just enough the goal and the celebration and that's it okay that makes sense that makes sense and i know with uh, emeka on, on your side of things regarding data that you have a lot of you do a lot of work in terms of uh, digital media analytics and 
what platforms help catch or what kind of data? Do you want to elaborate on that more, in more detail? Um, I, I think if you look at, at um, most of what we've put out there, you'll find that uh, across Africa generally, uh, people are still struggling with trying to understand which platform works and which, which doesn't work. So sometimes they kind of create this, these platforms just um, sometimes just to copy what others are doing. Yeah. And so you find that you know, some platforms don't even have Facebook pages, some have only Twitter, Twitter um, accounts. Mm -hmm. uh, some of them do not understand what they need to do about Instagram or they just create it and, and do nothing about it. Yeah. And so um, it, it's the, the, the biggest challenge for them is more about um, you know, having the, the, the right information, also the right kind of um, education. Um, about what what these platforms in, in, entail, which which brings us back to um, the kind of people that are put in there. So uh, to a large extent, a lot of them uh, still view uh, Facebook pages as how they'll view um, their personal Facebook pages. They cannot draw a line between how they post and interact as individuals on Facebook and also how they need to do that for, um, as a club. Mm -hmm. uh, and so generally, you find that that many of these these people. Um, even when they create uh, Instagram accounts, what they what they do post there is kind of similar to what they post on on, on Facebook. So what this has, has shown then is, um, in terms of how that has impacted on the on the on the growth of the of the various uh, uh, you know platforms across the the, the continent. So a, lo a lot of a lot of them, uh, in in terms of of, of the numbers that, that we've seen. Um, you know, not not really encouraging. Mm. Many of them are still stuck in in the Facebook world. Yeah. And then, of course, the, the most active platform is is obviously Twitter, which um, for the most part is just about putting putting daily match reports. Yeah. Mm. That's a that's a key point that you mentioned in terms of having the right person in place to know how to use um, each social media social media platform. <clears throat> But, but once again, having more of a holistic view, how, what lessons can be learnt? Because I know it's very important for us to talk about the current climate in Africa. And we've, kind of, we've mentioned that already in terms of data and how, it's being, how social media and data is being used. But what lessons can, or what do you advise your clients in terms of what can be learnt from the European perspective and applying that to, to the climate in Africa? I think, I think the biggest lesson that can be learned is just understanding that um, they, they need they need a lot more 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 manpower. They need to to have people who are properly trained, who understand what needs to happen there. Yeah. Uh, um, if, if you look at uh, clubs like Man City and and uh, some of the real big players, you find that they have you know social social media departments that range from from between thirty to forty people, um, whereas. You know, in, across Africa, most of the, them have one or two people, and sometimes even just one person. Um, you know, moonlighting as as a social media uh, person when his real job is is just more of a communications, uh, you know, provider for the club. Yeah. And 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 for the most part, some of them also um, have agencies who um, do it as as an afterthought. Yeah. Um, let's try and put something. So if, if the game is over, let's put the results of, of the game. And like Mario said earlier, sometimes when you have, uh, you know, you have a situation where where they don't win games, then uh, they, they don't come back and engage. 
yeah. which which is, is an experience that I had with one of the clubs in, in Germany where they said when they lost games, they particularly stayed that way because people were uh, were hammering them on, on, on the platform. Sometimes mm-hmm. when you lose is when you even need to, to engage and you've got yeah. to just take a lesson from uh, what happens in the Premier League, for instance, where at the end of the game, whether you win or you lose, all the managers have to come and grant an interview. Yeah. Uh, we don't see a lot of that. Even when they do, uh, it doesn't show up on the on the on the pages. So there isn't that that conscious effort to try and engage with with the fan base uh, mm. to explain why why maybe they lost the game by by a wide margin or why something else happens. Mm-hmm. That's uh, that's very interesting. Even from from you saying that, depending on one's perspective, there is a lot of opportunity and a lot of space for growth in terms of data. Because as you mentioned, we're talking about data and social media, but we can even go outside of the realms of social and digital. We could talk about capturing data, how clubs need to capture data about their fans, fans that come into the stadium, their their habits, their preferences to know more. Um, yeah, I'm sure you guys have experienced. You get many rights they, holders. They, they don't have they don't have any idea who their fans are, where yeah. where they live. They have no idea. And the funny part of it is that, you know, yes, we can do club reports, we can do deep insights, but even just going through the, the, the platform, for instance, on Facebook, you can see quite clearly if you've got um, 10,000 folders, you can see exactly where the 10,000 folders are. Yeah. And then the question then is is to look at it and say, where you're based, how many fans can I reach? Yeah, yeah. And, and yes, you do have um, algorithm issues and, and all that, but... You know the, the the key problem then is is the inability to uh, to actually you know comprehend what the the challenges are in terms of um, how you're able to to set up your structures properly to be able to then take advantage of the opportunities that mm. exist because far more opportunities there than challenges. Yeah, uh, that's very insightful, Emeka. And um, Mario, is there anything that you want to follow on from or add on to what Emeka has stated already? Yeah, Emika is, is absolutely absolutely right. Uh, the observations is is making obviously, the, we, and that's why we 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 believe that that there's so much more potential to to learn, and we also learn um, because digital is a constant evolution. Yeah. Digital is a constant change. Digital is a, is a constant um, disruption. And, and 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 but I don't personally I don't like the word disrupting because it's what is it disrupting because it is enhancing yeah the platforms want to give us content which we like and obviously the majority of Africa likes football a lot so also obviously the football consumption in Africa can grow much much bigger and therefore we obviously have we, we, the African teams they need to look into one one data set yeah there are a lot of CRM projects in central Central Europe where you have one data resource because at the moment the ticketing team has some ticketing insights, yes, a few informations, probably Excel sheets on the season ticket holders. Um, the merchandising have probably a little bit of data. The majority have no data at all. Um, but but in, in Europe, obviously, the teams are so sophisticated that they know who is the season ticket holder and they also know that the season ticket holder buys every second year a new shirt. Yeah. So you don't offer them a shirt in the, in the new year because we, you know that his buying behavior is only every two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything is very personalized. And in Africa at the moment, we, we, 
we don't see that personalization at all, not yeah. even from, from the bigger ones. So obviously we've, we, we want to start helping, um, helping that. And it's, not, and it's not really sort of that we come in saying, this is how you do it, yeah. because we, we adopt to every circumstance we, we see. Um, and at the moment, we see the biggest value, obviously, in the media and communications department to build a holistic strategic plan. What do you post when there is no match day? Yeah. What do you post if your team loses three or four week games in a row? Yeah. Yeah. You can't say, "Well, we lost today. Let's focus on next week." Yeah. You do that three or four times. That's boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get really hammered by the fans. So you have to have a plan A, a plan B, and a plan C. And 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 we are, we have. Well, I mentioned earlier already sort of the product, the club media report, which analyzes um, the the engagement, which analyzes the content behavior. And obviously, then you can produce content to to the benefit of the audience. Yeah. And that production alone is already benefiting the media and communications department a lot because at the moment, a lot of content is produced, but it's not is not in use because it's probably not the right time, uh, it's not the right n- not the right price, it's not the right offering. Um, and I think when, when the ultimate change, what what needs to happen also in Africa is obviously that you need to get the digital side, the social media side, into the board of directors, into mm-hmm. their, it needs, a department cannot change the digital transformation. It cannot handle it because it will die, it will, it will not succeed. Yeah. But if the board of directors realize the huge potential of digital, then obviously it's it's tremendous. Yeah. If the league, league CEOs like um, realize the potential what a Facebook streaming can bring to it, Obviously, then they can consider it in, in all across the continent. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the, the technology platforms they bring us they, pr- they bring us a path they bring us the path to the audience. We just need to make sure that the content we, we bring onto this path or onto this data highway is what the audience expects. Yeah. No. Well put. <clears throat> um, yeah. It sounds like there's a lot to do, but there is so much opportunity. Um, in, in in yeah in this space in in sports in on the continent um just just to round off guys what do you what would you foresee is the trend that would occur this year or maybe like the the one thing to look out for or that you expect to happen uh, in the sports market this year well i i think for me there's you know there's a there's a mad mad push for for not just new platforms but also um, new ways of of um, of doing things, which we've seen, you um, know, seriously. When when you find that all of a sudden you have a platform like TikTok, yeah. which kind of took on a, a life with, within the sports space last year. Um, you know, the, the, what what we what we enjoy is the fact that there's always uh, something new that comes out and obviously offers um, you know unique opportunities that. Eventually, I mean, sports clubs are no longer waiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they just jump in there and then they find they find real value. Uh, what you will find that in Africa, there isn't one single club that we've seen that is is trying to engage. I don't know if Mario um, can share a bit more light there, but essentially, um, when you won't talk about them, it's it's almost like what are you talking about? Mm. So the the, the 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 fact that they're not able to to um, to really keep and you know kind of a pause on the on the the changes that happens 
within that that space makes it really really difficult for them um, if suddenly there's something that um, becomes truly disruptive uh, within within the space and one of the clubs is you know is unable to take it like if you go to Egypt you find how far away Al Ali are from everyone else yeah. it says a lot about how they are they're able to adapt to some of these changes that are going on there but in there are clubs in in, in sub-Saharan Africa who um, ha, you know we've engaged with that just don't even understand when you talk to them about uh, Instagram it's almost like what am I what am I supposed to do with it? <laughs> yeah <laughs> No, that makes sense. Uh, Mario, how about yourself? Yeah, I, I, I obviously have uh, the, the global view of things, and yep. obviously you can you can see that that in in saturated areas like North America, um, Europe, and everything, you see streaming making significant progress. Yeah. Um, OTT, individual streamings will be will be will be huge. Um, I, I believe that also some clubs will, will get individual geographical rights to use their yeah. own uh, Liverpool TV platform, for example, to yeah. be broadcast in areas where the Premier League is not, is not been sold. Um, I think the clubs can take ownership of those pieces of content to distribute. So that will be a, a big shift because mm-hmm. obviously um, the, the, for Africa specifically, I think obviously the the, cont- the, the we will have an attention uh, market. So whoever creates the best content grabs the attention of, yeah. of the community and the yeah. audience. Um, and that and that attention you you want to grab more and more and more often. And because of that, obviously um, a strategy leads out of it how you create those attention areas. Yeah. Um, and that's and that's where I see that obviously the bigger clubs are in a good position because obviously they have resources. They understand that uh, locally their growth is limited. Mm-hmm. That they need to think continental and need to think outside. Obviously Africa as well, um, and obviously that needs a strategy because now you you if if you as Kaiser Chiefs or if you as Orlando Pirates or if you have Mamalodi Sundowns want to go beyond Africa. You need to identify your unique value proposition. Yeah. yeah, it's not that you win championships because championships are won by Bayern Munich, by Barcelona, by Man United, by uh, Flamengo, by Liverpool. So you need to have a different value proposition. And I think for me, 2020 is the year where the big clubs in Africa—I call them the steam engines—who yeah. are the front runners—they realize that it needs a strategic thinking, that it needs a strategic concept. Um, and and that's will be will be very very um, important and and all the others will follow then so it's like a domino yeah now that's very good if, 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 if I can just add yeah uh, sure something that that, that the, the, this recent FIFA Cup Alliance uh, has thrown up which is the probability that they want to try and push uh, the idea to have a, a twenty team African league yeah um, which you know has has been kind of the response around it has been mostly muted because people do not understand what what and what is there. But yeah. it's it's a concept that, um, funny enough, uh, UEFA frowned against in in Europe when Gianni Fatino was was uh, you know general secretary of UEFA along with uh, uh, with Platini and then even the current UEFA people have fought have fought against. Yeah. Um, but but then you know the the possibilities for for it then obviously is that you need to look at the the clubs with huge sizes like. You know, you've got uh, casualties on Orlando Pirates and maybe Sundowns from South Africa. You've got Alali and Lamalek. You've got, um, you know, the Club Africans and, and uh, um, Etoile Sahel. 
and explorers in Tunisia, larger Casablanca and uh, wider Casablanca. You've got uh, um, Al Hilal and El Marik in Sudan. You've got um, Simba and Yanga, who I think are probably the biggest derby on the continent. Yeah. Um, in Dar es Salaam, you've got Gomahia and AFC. Probably, um, you know, in Nigeria, you've got Enyimba uh, and sometimes maybe Rangers or Canopilas. Yeah. And then Accra has a program at Shanti Kotoko. Imagine pulling all of those clubs with huge following. Asak Mimosa in Ivory Coast, maybe um, you, are, you have uh, Tipi Mazembe and uh, um, Vita Club and likes of uh, KCC in Uganda. You've got mm-hmm. those clubs that if you pull all of those massive clubs with all of the huge following into one pool, then you've got um, tremendous reach in terms of what those possibilities are. So we don't know if how far this this is going to go, or if it's something that um, will be uh, will, will be resisted. Because uh, you know the, the the danger is that you know it could weaken the the national leagues. But yeah. just imagine that um, it actually gets a life. Then you have you have a different conversation altogether. It changes the entire dynamics of even digital conversations, because yeah. that's obviously going to be a lot of it. It's something that they haven't achieved even with the CAF Champions League uh, uh, over the years, but which, which then has uh, tremendous potential in terms of, of, of what, what, what can be achieved from it. But that's, um, it's, it still looks like something that is a, it's, it's either a dream or it's uh, wishful thinking. Mm-hmm. Now that's good, guys. Thank you so much. And I'd be loath to leave without asking you one final question. Um, and keep it short but <clears throat> you both do so much in terms of uh, digital media space globally in Africa and in general but for you guys to be in your position what's, what keeps you motivated? Mario starts <laughs> <laughs> Now I'm happy to, to go first obviously we've, we've, we've since 2010 mm-hmm. We work um, in the digital space, in the sports, in, uh, on the biggest tiers. So we started with Borussia Dortmund in 2010, and then it's sort of grown from, from that onwards. Um, what keeps me motivated is obviously the constant t- change, the constant change, the ability to widen my horizon, yeah. um, the, the emotions and passions of the fans. Um, we are in an industry, sports and football in particular, which is absolutely heartwarming. So, so we are driven by emotions and passion. Yeah. Um, and what we want to help, obviously, is, is really that we see that football is also a family all around the world. And, and if you remember back in 2015, I think it was when Chapacuenza, the plane crash in Brazil, yeah. Yeah, overnight they had 3 million followers yeah. and 2.9 million followers were from outside Brazil yeah. because it's a global family and digital also have that. And, mm. and obviously what, what that, that's basically keeping me going um, to be part of the, of the, of the industry to help with, with my skills and our yeah. skills to, to, to teach certain areas, but also learn a lot, especially mm. from the cultural needs. And that, that empowers me and, and keeps me going day in, day out. That's good. Now, Emeka, over to you, short and sweet. What keeps you motivated? <laughs> I, I think for me, I've been quite fortunate that I, I've, I've, I've gone through the entire whole media landscape, uh, you know, starting out with, with um, writing for newspapers and and doing radio broadcast, television, uh, you know, seeing the migration from from linear to to cable TV, and then all of this whole 
digital landscape. I mean, I launched Kick Off Nigeria website in 2002, which is yeah. um, a long time ago. And, you know, at the time, many people thought it was a crazy idea, but you see how, how much of it has evolved. And, and I'm saying before YouTube was launched. Yeah. And and so so the 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 fact that you know right now we've seen so much evolution we've seen transformation in, in the whole industry and still being able to to remain relevant within the the, the space um, you know I find it really really refreshing that you know I, for me it's almost like you know what's going to happen next mm. and I'm always ready for for what's the next step and and probably keeping up with with it so. Um, some some much younger people still find it very strange that I'm um, <laughs> I, I'm able to engage on social media as much as I'm able to do. But That's the good. key then is the, is then understanding what happens um, behind um, behind all of this space and and how you can who can then teach all of that to to the people who are coming through and then yeah. especially in Africa for me the biggest experience is then being able to to share this knowledge and and engage with with yeah. um, with clubs and and institutions it's and it's, it's been really really um exciting i think what we what we're doing um with, with digital sports africa is is refreshing and and for me uh to be able to to get the level of engagement that i got from from the the people who responded to the to what we put out over the over the christmas period mm-hmm. uh really really gives me the the satisfaction that we're doing the right thing because yeah. then um, you're able to, to to then take it to the next level because they, they keep asking now for more. Yeah, yeah, and that's good. Um, well, guys, thank you so much for your time. I uh, really, really appreciate that. It's been insightful. We could have gone on for time, but hey, we can't go on for too long. But thank you so much. And for everyone listening, I uh, hope you found thank this. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, for everyone listening, we hope you found this extremely useful um, to know more about digital landscape in Africa and globally. Um, as I mentioned, I'll leave a link to the report that uh, both Emeka and Mario worked on. We'll leave their contact details if you want to get in contact with them. But um, thanks again. Um, leave a comment. Let us know your thoughts. Um, anything that they said that you agree with or you or they don't. And yeah, we're talking about digital. So engage with us on social media, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, all of that. So thank you once again for listening, Emeka and Mario. Thank you for your time. And um, thank you so much. Until the next podcast. Take care, guys. And thank you very much. All the best.